Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. It certainly is looking like we have a lovely spring day here today. It's a bit uh, chilly, but it's lovely to see almost blue skies as I'm looking out the window and uh, the sun shining. And Michael uh, sends well, first to get a WhatsApp into us uh, this morning and picking up on that by saying, Good morning, Patricia, on this beautiful, glorious, fresh spring morning in the peaceful, tranquil, and beautiful era that is the Beira Peninsula in West Cork. March has certainly in this part of the world come in like a lamb but sadly it has come in to the roar of gunfire tanks and bombs on the poor innocent people of Ukraine by the Russian dictator who was mentally deranged something immediately must be done with him I can think of lots of things he has to be taken out of circulation one way or the other and Michael ends his texts with may our lady queen of peace protect the world from the madness of a war thank you for that uh, Michael and yeah you're right it is the madness of war and I think the face of the madness of war is picked up in so many papers today and on the front page of so many papers is the beautiful smiling face of a little nine-year-old girl called uh, Paulina. And uh, as the Irish Independent says, she never picked up a weapon, never understood why the Russian leader Vladimir Putin's savage war, why that was happening against her country. She didn't know what it was all about. But Paulina, a nine-year-old schoolgirl, in Ukraine's capital city of Kiev, was shot dead by Russian troops along with her parents as they drove the roads of their home city in their family car yesterday. Vladimir Putin has been accused of war crimes yesterday following the indiscriminate shelling of Ukrainian cities, killing potentially dozens of civilians, including three children who were incinerated alive. A doctor who tried in vain to save the life of a little six-year-old girl uh, killed when her family home was bombed turned to television cameras that were in the accident and emergency department as he was frantically trying to save this little girl but unfortunately he died. she died and he literally turned to the TV cameras and he said show this to Putin the eyes of this child and show him the crying doctors and then he put his hand over the eyes of the little girl and, and closed them I'm just heartbreaking and Ukrainian officials say 16 children have been killed in the first four days of fighting and sadly that number is likely 
to have risen significantly after the deadliest attacks on civilians yesterday since the start of the invasion. And the chief prosecutor at the International Criminal Court has said he is now planning to open an investigation as rapidly as possible into possible war crimes and crimes against humanity in the Ukraine. And looking at the papers today, there's just so many photographs of uh, in the papers of hospitals and doctors desperately trying to save people's lives, especially children. And I saw photographs of a cancer unit in one of the hospitals and all of the children have been taken down into the bunker of the hospital when the air raids were going off to try to, to keep them safe. It's just, it's, it, this is the shocking, horrifying reality of war. Innocent people are the ones to suffer. And the rest of the world, we're all asking, like, why and when is all of this going to stop? I saw the mayor of uh, Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in Ukraine yesterday, saying it's not just a war, it's murder. And, you know, he was talking about the Russians. They were bombing mainly residential areas. And, you know, the mayor of, of, uh, of Kharkiv was saying there was no critical infrastructure. It looked like they were deliberately targeting residential areas. And because they were targeting residential areas yesterday. The fatalities included a family of five, including three children who were incinerated alive when a Russian rocket hit their uh, car. There was also scenes of a school in the city that had been completely destroyed. And then in the city of Cherniviv, missiles were fired on a shopping centre in scenes described by one teacher as something out of a horror movie. Six-year-old little girl was killed in a separate attack in the port city of Maripol after her apartment block was shelled. Dozens were killed in similar air uh, strikes. And that was all happening yesterday on a day when peace talks were being held without any kind of a breakthrough on the Belarusian uh, border. And Russia continued their onslaught. So you wonder, they go into these peace talks and, and you, you would think while the talks at least were going on that they would hold some kind of a ceasefire. But they didn't. The onslaught continued and appeared to get worse because yesterday was the worst day of all of the shellings. And I'm just seeing in the last 15 minutes that Belarusian troops have now entered uh, Ukraine. And that comes about an hour after the Belarusian president, the other lunatic, Lukashenko, said he has no interest. He's not going to get involved in the war in Ukraine. And within an hour of him saying that, his troops have entered uh, Ukraine. And we know that there's this massive convoy now that's building up around Kyiv today. You know, before I came on air, I was looking at the satellite photographs. It had run to 65 kilometres of tanks and rocket equipment all getting ready. And it looks like they're circling the city. So, my God, our thoughts and prayers are very much with everyone that's in Kyiv today. And many of them, not I mean, we know that there are tens of thousands of people flooding to the border to get out and it's the women and children and the older people that they're trying to get out but we know that they haven't all left uh, Kiev and there's a huge number millions of civilians still living in that city and you just you dread to think what's going to happen there in the next uh, 24 hours I mean those talks are continuing today all we can hope and pray for is that some kind of peace will come out of those talks we will be talking about appeals that have been set up and I know 
know there's been aid appeals for Ukraine set up right across Ireland and they have been flooded with donations from people who think we're all just so horrified and everybody wants to feel that we can help in any way. So if you have any details of an appeal going on in your area, let us know so that we can give as much publicity to it as possible. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on. But I want to take a very quick break and then we're back chatting about a family in West Cork who've managed to get some of their family members out of Ukraine. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. Now, Independent West Cork Doll Deputy Michael Collins was contacted by a family in Ballydehab who were desperate to get family members out of Ukraine as the Russian invasion began. Michael joins me this morning with more on this story. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Michael, this is a particularly heartbreaking story because at the centre of it is a little five-year-old boy who has cancer and who needs treatment. Tell me a little bit about the family. Well, first of all, um, uh, the family's uh, aunt, uh, Victoria, lives uh, in Ballotahub and um, they met with me at my clinic on Friday, told me of the circumstances. Obviously, people are trying to evacuate Ukraine, but in these circumstances, it was far more urgent because you had a, a five-and-a-half-year-old boy who has cancer for the last eight months and who was to undergo a bone marrow transplant this week in the Ukraine. Now, they attended clinic on, on Friday in, in, in Kiev and were told uh, that they had to leave the country and they were given the files for the, the child's medical files and leave immediately, they were told. They made their way to the border. In fairness, um, you know, they made the Polish border uh, so that if we could get them across uh, into the Polish side, that we could get a flight out of uh, Poland. And, and, and this is what happened and it unfolded that they arrived back here and probably one of the first families maybe to, to get back into Ireland uh, yesterday. I suppose, look, I've got to thank the Department of Foreign Affairs because both with we worked very closely with the family throughout the night, throughout the weekend, to make sure that, you know, each uh, step of the way was, was cleared and the doors were open, you know, because while uh, a lot is happening, uh, there's still not a full understanding in airports as to what happens. And, and that happened yesterday in, in Zurich Airport on their way here because they had a, a connecting flight from Zurich to Dublin, uh, from, from Poland to, to, to Zurich, and Zurich didn't want to leave the family uh, all of the family come together because there was issues about uh, passports and issues about their clearance uh, as such, which I think the, the officials in, in, in Zurich Airport weren't aware of. And, and again, between families and ourselves at the department, everything, we cleared that hurdle, even though we were asked to leave the plane and they were put back on the plane, you know, it was but a very upsetting, a very worrying time um, for the family. But lucky, in fairness, we're, we're delighted that, that uh, Yana was reunited with her aunt, uh, Victoria, in, in Dublin yesterday, and their son, Leonid, and, and husband, Sergi, and Svetlana, which is uh, Victoria's uh, mother, sorry, Victoria's sister, excuse me, all arrived into Dublin the airport yesterday. My we God. obviously. My God. Are, Very emotional scenes, I imagine, uh, Michael. Incredibly emotional scenes, and it is an incredibly difficult time for the people of, of, of Ukraine, yes, uh, in, in any circumstance, or any circumstance of war, this, this, this very, very unfortunate circumstances. And sadly, this is one, but there's a, a, a double situation here where Leonid needs immediate medical attention. That should have been attended to in, in, in Kiev on Friday, which obviously because of the war wasn't able to happen. Now he's, he's, he's back uh, here uh, as a young boy, quite bubbly. Um, we had to kind of assess that situation there, just to make sure he didn't need 
very immediate uh, medical attention in Cork, but t- thankfully he was able to go home. He's extremely the middle medical practice today. The doctor has an appointment there today, and hopefully he, get, he, he has to get a referral immediately to Cork because, as I say, he was to undergo bone marrow transplant this week in, 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 in Kiev, and that unfortunately didn't happen. And now we have to try and see, but there's a few things here we're trying to do now. We, we have to try and translate the Ukrainian medical records, which is quite a lot, uh, so if there's any listener out there that has that uh, professional... Uh, 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 U- Ukrainian uh, translator with medical ex- with medical experience. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's that we want to, all the medical files that uh, for Leonid are in, in Ukrainian uh, okay. language. So we need to translate that into English. We're, we're trying to work on that with the embassy to see could we get a, a translator. There's quite a lot of files there. There's another thing too is that um, we're trying to f- now source the, the bone marrow donor in Ukraine that is humanly possible to bring that donor to Ireland um, to, to, to try and, and uh, have this operation in Ireland that was to take place in, in Ukraine but this is all work ahead for now the biggest thing is that and, and obviously there's a GoFundMe page set up because there's going to be a lot of costs attached and that's uh, out in the public domain but for now thankfully we have a family home but they're, they're safe here. they're safe stay there I want to and I'll come back to you about that GoFundMe page uh, in a moment Michael but I want to bring in uh, Victoria uh, who is living in uh, Bali Dahab uh, and is the aunt of the the aunt and the grand aunt of this little boy uh, good morning to you Victoria <laughs> Good morning, Patricia. Um, I can I can almost hear it in your voice. Very emotional scenes at the airport yesterday. It is. It is. It's devastating. Absolutely devastating. Because it is a matter of death and life. That, that's what it is. What's happening at the moment, though, actually, that hospital where we delayed it was referred to is bombed. Yesterday it was bombed. The hospital, hospital, the, the hospital, the hospital where the bone marrow transplant used to be done for the kids is bombed, bombed oh by Russia. My. <sighs> and uh, and the and Russians, they, totally, they, they they stopped transplant for the child there. They are treating wounded soldiers there now. That's what's happening. And uh, Leonard needs this treatment to start as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. The operation was scheduled for 10th of March. And now it's cancelled. They said they gave to my niece documents, which, in fairness to Mike Collins, he's organising translation. Medical records and everything that has been done back in Ukraine to little Leonid for the past eight and a half months. So um, he, he needs immediate medical attention because every day counts because what happens is he was on the very edge of basically keeping um, cancer, cancerous cells at, at bay but now because he is not in remission still he needs that treatment straight away and then bone marrow transplant organized because they, they, they stopped they just stopped in Ukraine and they say they're just not doing it like I said the hospital is bombed now Oh, please God, the, the the Irish hospitals will kick in, uh, Victoria. And uh, please God, you know, we'll get a bone marrow match here and he'll be able to get that treatment here in Cork. That 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 would be great because, like I said, every day counts. Every day. It, it, it. 
I know it's it's really really difficult. I wanted to stay stay there, Victoria. I'll come back to you in a moment. Um, and 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 I really it's, it's difficult to hear people so upset. I wanted to speak to Yana just for for a couple of minutes, and I and I won't keep her long. Um, Yana is uh, the this little boy's mother. Uh, good, good morning, Yana. Good morning. And welcome to Ireland. It's it's sad and it's a pity it's in such sad circumstances, but we welcome you with open arms and we're glad that you and your little family are here safe. How how are you doing this morning? How, how are you? Uh, very bad. <laughs> but just so many stress lost for this. <laughs> and... and so, it's just and just so so hard for you to leave your own country, Anna. Yeah, it was so hot, but we need uh, special medical care for Leonia. Well, at least, at least you and your mother and your husband and your little boy, you're safe. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. we have we give out about our health service, but we have a good health service. Your little boy will be uh, looked after, um, and and you'll be okay. You'll be okay, and this but, war will end, and you will get home. And because uh, I know that that's what's so important to people when they have to flee their country, they all want to go back home. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll let you go because I, I know you're exhausted as well and I, I don't want to tire you out uh, further. Um, that's Yana, who is uh, the mother. Victoria, they're all exhausted as well, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. They were so, at the end, recognisable. They were so nice seeing them. They were fresh-looking people and not the end, recognisable. They look like they aged by 10 years in, in those last four days. What happened to me is just uh, <laughs> my my parents are sitting in the cellar. Brother is going to the war. It's, and Yana's husband, husband's father is staying behind. This is well to, to move to the war. Loads and loads of people are being real patriotic, and it just oh. I know it, it's scary. Every they are flattening. They're absolutely flattening. So they bombed every strategically important uh, uh, cities and everything, every object that is in Ukraine. And now they are flattening other cities and other villages. Flattening down. Some of them just don't exist anymore. That's what's happening. There will be a long rebuilding of Ukraine, but it will be rebuilt. This war will end, um, Victoria. It, it will end, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Look, I don't want to be upsetting you. It's it's really difficult. We will check in with you again in another few days, but uh, we'll let you go to be with your family and and well done for everything you've done because you've been you've been at the front of this. We'll check in with you again in another few days. Okay. That's not important, Patricia. Okay. Thank you very much. You look after yourself. And just can I just say. Once again, huge thanks to the Department of Foreign Affairs and Michael Collins, especially, who and his assistant uh, Valerie, who organised everything. Thank you so, so very much. Okay, God bless. Look after yourself. Look after yourself.
Oh God, Michael, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I didn't want to. I, it's and, and it's really hard to listen to them both. Uh, so upset, and I'm and I'm conscious of how, how tired Jan is after the last few days, and Victoria as well. Probably um, hasn't slept. It's God, yeah. it's just heartbreaking to listen to. It is unbelievable, unbelievable situation they find themselves in, and and it's a situation of many more do too. But obviously, because of the sick child, it's a lot more urgent. And in fairness to you know to all the services out there, because once. Department of Foreign Affairs get involved and, uh, you know, they, they even were, um, uh, they, 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 the police uh, escorted them up to the front of the, of, the, of we'll say, uh, the border um, on, on Friday night. Um, but they still had to wait five and a half hours to cross the border. And I was talking to a gentleman in Ukraine yesterday who told me he's Ukrainian and he, he told me that uh, the, the best way to describe uh, the, the, the link of, 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 of uh, cars uh, trying to get across the border is from maybe uh, the, deep in the West Cork to Cork City. Um, and, and to try and get across the border is, is a huge difficulty. Bumpy, yeah, cars are just bumper to bumper. Situation. But yeah. Patricia, one thing I do, I, I, I don't think this government, and, and hopefully I'll get the chance to raise that issue, which I will in the doll today, is they, they're not prepared here. And they're not prepared anywhere throughout Europe, from what I can see. They, they may be giving 90-day visas to the Ukrainian people, and that's that's gracious and brilliant in fairness, and we as well, is there accommodation here for them when they come here? Because I was talking to Ukrainians in Bendon, and someday they told me they were living in one bed apartments and there's seven, eight, ten people coming, families coming over. And they said, where, where are we going to, where are they going to stay? So I think the government are worrying about whether they expel an ambassador. And I don't, I don't think that's the road they should travel, but I think they should be concentrating more on do we need community centres, um, parish halls? Do we need uh, some uh, system set up in place here that there would be at least some humane accommodation? Well, you, uh, you open, open, up, come here? open up like reception centres, re- refugee centres almost. Uh, uh, something like that, because certainly this is going to be far bigger than I don't think. I, uh, than I think. I'm listening to media reports this morning. You could be talking about thousands and thousands, t- t- maybe half a million people. It could uh, even go. Doing. It could even go to. It could even go to over a million. Well they over could, a, mil- a million. Easy, good. And ma- ma- Ireland will, will have to take many of those people, which is okay, but accommodation is going to be a huge issue. I didn't, and I, and I, I, was going to, I was going to ask Victoria that, but I, I, I was conscious of how upset she was. Are, it, is this little family of four, are they now staying with Victoria? They're staying with Victoria, but okay. in fairness to neighbours and friends have come and offered accommodation. And the typical Irish, like they've been working so close with with their neighbours and their neighbours are wanting to help here. I could see that in the Facebook uh, 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 comments last night. There was an incredible outpouring of, of help. And that's why um, that, uh, Sasha, that would be Victoria's son, set up a GoFundMe page um, to, to help with Leonard's uh, medical expenses. Okay, like, do know, we so have do we have access to that, John Paul? Can we share that Facebook page? Yeah, we're, we're okay. They, we'll 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 share that GoFundMe page as well. And with your permission, we're going to share some of the photographs because it's nice for yeah. people just to put a human face on this little family that have arrived and uh, are now safe in Ballydehar. But we need to get the urgent medical attention that. Uh, uh, Leonid I thought it was Leonard Leonid Leonid little five year old five and a half year old boy I mean just to even think of a five and a half year old boy being diagnosed with cancer and what you would go through with that and then in the midst of all of the treatment a war breaks out in your country it's just the mind boggles the mind boggles listen Michael well done uh, to you uh, on this one we will stay in contact with you as well and we'll share that on our on our own uh, Facebook and and Insta and and Twitter feeds as well and we'll keep in contact with you Michael and if we can be of any help please don't hesitate to contact us I appreciate it
Thank Thanks you. a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, West Cork uh, Doll Deputy uh, Michael Collins and Victoria Waldron from Ballydehab with that fam with her family that she's managed to get out of the Ukraine. Desperate, desperate situation to be in. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, the incidence of restricted dogs not been correctly restrained in public was brought to the fore at a recent council meeting by Councillor Kay Dawson, who said she's been receiving calls from people in Formoy and Mitchellstown reporting dangerous dogs, both unmuzzled and off the lead. And Councillor Kay Dawson uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Kay. Good morning, Patricia. And uh, you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Can you can you tell us what you're hearing from local people? It's just, generally speaking, it's people out for a walk, coming against somebody walking with the dog, sometimes on a lead, but most of the time, and nearly all the time, on unmuzzled. And then the problem of them, if they get out in the house and estate, a bit of that, or in open spaces, where the dog is left off to go for a run, and you could have to walk and towards that dog. And these dogs are on a restricted list for yeah. for, for a good reason. Was, yeah, what I was looking for was uh, how many um, fines have been, what happens, how much do we action it, and is there a deterrent to the owner? Um, to do the not a deterrent to do the right thing, but a deterrent not to be doing the wrong thing. And has there been many fines? No, not not enough. But I suppose it's, it's, we need people as well to report when they're kind of seeing them. Is there a route to people, the owners of these dogs are taking? And you know what I mean. I, I really want to highlight before something happened. And we're talking. There's ten, I think, dogs, isn't there on that list? Yeah, you have. Um, American People Terriers um, Bull Mastiff Doberman Rothweilers German Shepherds Rhodesian Re- Oh the Rhodesian Ridgeback Yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, And these and, it's, and when these dogs are out in public they must have a muzzle on and they, and they m- must be must, on a lead and, and a lead strong enough for, for a strong dog like that Do you know what I mean? It's no good having a, a little light you should be able to restrain the dog. Yeah, and you and I know the other ruling is it has to be, I think it's somebody over the age of 16, you can't leave a child yep. out with, with, with one of these dogs. And yep. the fear is that one of these dogs could attack another animal or, or, yes. or, or worse, a, a, a human being. A human being, yeah. You see, the dog isn't wrong. It's the human needs to be in charge of the dog. You know, the, 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 there's a reason that that restrictive law is there because the dog is capable of doing quite a lot of harm. And and so you need a responsible adult. I, I suppose I'm feeling after listening to your last interview something about dogs being so minor with Ukraine. I know. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to get I, passionate I about it, but I, I, I'm just finding it such a challenge at the moment. 
I know, but to think of anything other than the Ukraine. But it is, yeah. But unfortunately, what you're talking about is is a reality as well. It and is. and the one thing I've noticed when and in fairness to you, you've been really good about this. Your interview's been cancelled so many times because we've had to go to breaking news uh, stories, predominantly uh, weirdly enough about uh, to do with Ukraine. But when this first landed on my desk, and and I remember thinking, you know, you're onto something here, Kay, because I've certainly noticed, particularly during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people deciding to take on a pet and deciding to take on dogs. I've noticed an increase in these dogs that are on the restricted list. I don't know why, but there does seem to be more of them out there. I think there's an appeal with young males towards yeah. those dogs. Yeah, it's you, just my own observation. Yeah, you could um, be right. You could be yeah. right. So, um, so, um, so, um, so, what can be done? What, what, what do you want done? I, I I want the council to step up, um, uh, and and so that there's a follow through on consequences. Like I'm not finished with this yet. I, I I want to know the list. And okay, we were through a pandemic, and maybe our dog warrants weren't out as much. But but I want to draw attention to this, and I want consequences if the dogs are unmuzzled and not on a proper lead. Yeah, yeah, and get the message out to people. If you have one of these dogs, they're yes. on a restricted list for a reason. Please act responsibly because n- nobody wants to be responsible for something going wrong and something can go wrong. As you say, it's not the dog's fault. It's in their nature. Some of these dogs, with the way the breeding has happened over the years, are particularly vicious. Yes. OK, listen, Kay, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And you take care. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is uh, Councillor Kay Dawson. I'm still uh, reading from my interview with um, Deputy Michael Collins and Victoria and uh, Jana and how difficult it was to hear their pain. It was just... But it's it's the reality of war, unfortunately. But I think when it has come, you know, that's, you know, talking to them from beautiful Ballydehob this morning when it comes and we see the face of it here in our midst, it just really, really hits home. And every newspaper I'm looking at has that little nine-year-old girl, Paulina, who died yesterday. Just when is this all going to uh, to end? OK, some of your thoughts coming in. Um, Patricia says a texter, if Putin is breaking all the laws, and he certainly is, why can't America or UK, uh, etc., and the rest of the European nations break the laws and send their army in to help those poor people? It li- it's lives that matter not at laws. I think they're fearful of starting a world war with Russia because of their nuclear capabilities and because it, it more and more every day with the dealings with Putin, it does look like we're dealing with a madman. And I think they're just fearful of what he will do to uh, retaliate. Hi, Patricia. Right now, as we speak, everyone in the world is watching the pictures of 65 kilometres of Russian troops slowly moving towards Kiev, And their plan is, is to, it looks like they're trying to encircle the whole city. It's like watching a disaster movie in slow motion. I appreciate it's difficult for governments to decide what to do, but this is the year 2022. We have to take action now or else live with the fact that we left this happen. And I was, last night when I was watching more of the news coverage that was coming uh, through and, you know, so many people are making comp- Comparisons to 80 years ago to the Second World War and so many people are making comparisons between Hitler and 
and Putin and what Hitler did and what Putin is doing today. And if you think back 80 years ago, while the rest of the world, you know, we were into, they were into a world war, they didn't know the true level of what Hitler was doing. For example, in the concentration camps, there was rumours that these camps, but nobody knew exactly how bad they were. And, you know, that texture is right. Our our generation and today, we can't say that we didn't know what was going on. And that's the one thing we might give out and bemoan the social media and how it's invading all of our lives and it's taking our privacy away. But because of social media, we're seeing it firsthand. We have firsthand accounts of what is happening. There's video evidence and footage there of what is happening. And, you know, because like that, what you're talking about, the 65 kilometres of Russian troops, I was watching the satellite images that they have of those. They, you know, that's how they were able to tell, you know, about six hours ago, there was 29 kilometres had backed up of these Russian troops slowly moving and heading towards Kiev. And, you know, by the time I came on air, it had gone to 65 kilometres. So you know, they're not on a sightseeing trip. We know what they're planning to do. They're, you know, it looks like they're going to just level Kiev and everybody that's in it. And, and what do we do? How, how, how do we stop it? How, how, and yet it has to be stopped. Hi, Patricia. Anne Murray. And thank you, for, by the way, for your text. Anne Murray recorded a song in 1984. The troubles were going on in the north at the time. And there was other events around the world. That song is so relevant today. Please try to play it. Oh, what a little good news. Isn't that what it's, it's called? And, and she's, yeah, because the north is mentioned in it. Let's see if we can dig that out. It's a very appropriate song, very appropriate song for what we're going through uh, today. Well remembered. Maura says, uh, hi, Patricia. Very, very difficult to listen to Victoria and Yana on your programme today. And yes, this is 2022. People still talk about Hitler. But look at the technology that the world has now. They were able to find Bin Laden. What the hell is stopping some country sending in somebody to blow that devil back to hell where he belongs, says uh, Maura. So many people would agree with you on that one, Maura. And Denise in West Cork says, Patricia, in relation to reception centres or refugee centres for the people that will arrive, not may arrive, will arrive from Ukraine, could the government not start to look at all the centres that that they've been using and that were involved during the pandemic? All of those are being wound down now and they would be uh, empties as well as could they not look at every single village and town and even in the cities has community centres could they not be turned into some kind of refugee centres for these people when they arrive and that's from Denise in West Cork and that's what Michael Collins is saying as well that you know we need to look everywhere to try to see can we come up with some kind of accommodation because they are pouring out in their tens of thousands out of uh, the Ukraine. Now, I know many of them don't want to travel too far. Many of them want to stay in the neighbouring countries. That's why, you know, the likes of Poland and Romania are doing such incredible work. And the reason that they want to stay, people want to stay close by their own country because everybody wants to go home. These are war refugees. These are not coming. These are not economic refugees or these are not the normal refugees that are coming, even though they are coming because their lives are at risk. But they want to go home. They want this war to end so they can go home. So I don't know how many will end up, will come to Ireland but if the countries neighbouring 
Ukraine get flooded with too many refugees, then the refugees will have to be dispersed further across Europe. So yes, ultimately many of them could end up here in Ireland. And we do have Ukrainians living in Ireland who want to bring their family here as well. And Tom in Mallow says, I have a double bedded room and I could put a single bedded in, a single bed into our small room as well. I'd be willing to help any time. Well done, Tom. And that's the goodness, of, that's the generosity of, of Irish people uh, as well. Thank you. That's just some of your WhatsApps are coming in and text to 0862 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls to 0818 103 103. We're going to take a break in News at 11. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. There was a text in earlier from somebody saying, Patricia, have you any idea when the extra fuel allowance is to be paid out? This was the additional money that was promised uh, by the government to help with the rising costs of fuel. I did a double check for you there and it just says on all the official websites that the additional fuel allowance, the extra, the one-off payment of €125 is to be paid in early March. We are now on the 1st of March. So within a could be paid this week because it just says early in March. I saw another newspaper report saying in the coming days so maybe when you go to pick up a social welfare payment this week it might be paid. If not I would be, my guess would be next week but it is early in March so it's due to be paid uh, very very soon. Okay, a number of people before I get to your comments in about Ukraine and uh, people just reacting. I think you couldn't help but be touched by Victoria and Yana uh, talking to us this morning on the programme but uh, we then went to the issue on the restricted dogs with Councillor Kay Dawson and a number of people are picking up on that. Johnny in from Oise says totally agree with Councillor Kay Dawson. There are a lot more people now in the last number of years walking these, the dogs on the restricted lists are just people, a lot more people have taken on uh, dogs. The amount of people who have dogs wandering around in front of them, off the lead completely. Then they start jumping up on people. That's fine if you're a dog lover and you welcome a dog bounding towards you. But not everybody is a dog lover. And some people are just shy and some people can be very nervous around dogs. So I do agree, no matter what the dog, the type of breed the dog is, everyone, if you're bringing your dog out in public, should have the dog on a lead. Even before people jump in and say, oh sure, my dog is so quiet, he'd never jump up on you. Johnny in from Oi reckons, put your dog on a lead, please. Marie and Bandit said it's the very same if you go visit the beaches. No one on a beach ever seems to have their dog on a lead, says Marie. They start throwing sticks for the dogs. The dogs go running after the sticks, but the dogs also can go running after people. I love dogs, but there's nothing worse than when you're walking on a beach and you can see dogs bounding towards you. Some of them end up jumping up on you and the owners don't seem to take any notice. We cannot blame the dogs which is exactly what Councillor Kay Dawson says as well. It's not the dog's fault. It's the irresponsible owners. Mary says, totally agree with that lady from Fomoy, Councillor Kay Dawson, that you were speaking with over 10 years ago in America. A couple were actually sent to prison because their pit bull terrier attacked a lady and actually killed her. So people should cop themselves on and have respect 
where are the days of Lassie gone and a cute poodle says Mary why do people want all these big dogs well here's somebody jumping in in defence of one of the dogs that's on the restricted dog list and this is a Rothweiler owner Patricia we have Rothweilers and we have had Rothweilers all of our lives they are a fantastic lovable kind hearted dog they are more than lovable. They're pure pets. A small dog would bite the hand off you and another dog more quicker. Those small dogs, I think they'd want to be muzzled too. Look at greyhound owners. They always have their dogs muzzled like we do with our Rothweilers. Think again about the precious little small dogs. They can be equally as vicious. All dog owners like us Rothweiler lovers have ours muzzled and um, with a lovely strong collar and lead. But you see, you're doing exactly what is asked of you and you are being a very responsible owner of a dog on the restricted list. But what Kay was talking about are the number of people who she's hearing from and that she's seeing herself are the numbers of people that are out and about with dogs on the restricted breeders list, breed list, who are not like you having a muzzle on their dog and don't have a good strong lead and collar on them. And that's where something can happen and something can go wrong and you've Look like you've got a lovely breed of dog there. But unfortunately, some of the ones on that restricted list are not. And they can be they can be inbreeding going on. Some of them could have come out of puppy farms. You just don't know. You just don't know. Thank you for your texts on that. OK, and then on the... OK, where am I going next? Then on people contacting us. OK, stay. let me stay on dogs for a moment and let me go to Joe who is in Kilmallock wants to stay on this topic. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning. I'm just on the, you're listening about the dogs. We, yeah. We have a property from the pastoral centre down by the front of the church all the way down the green. The dogs are going to the toilet. They're not picking up after them. They're letting dogs in the night and they're letting them jump through the flowers. They don't seem to care. And we had that the weekend as well. We people out with that greyhound, they'll let them, they'll, they'll let them run. They'll, they'll pass you down on no lead. And in the whole of Limerick, we only have two dog wardens, and you'd never see them. I, I, was, on to the, I was on to the council about it, but to the council, a waste of time. They've only two, they've only two dog wardens. And then they will tell you, the dog wardens will tell you, they have to actually see the dog go to that's the right. toilet and then see the owner walk away. That, 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 that's right. You don't have to video it before they come out. Yeah, they find it very hard to, to find them. And they have no powers. The only, the only power a dog warden have is to ask you, do you have a dog license? And I guarantee you, since, since the lockdown, I've never seen so many dogs around the town of Kimala. And what's going to happen when all these people go back to work? Are these dogs going to be left off stray? Or what is going to happen? But I think it's disgusting. They're in front of the church, pastoral centre, down by the lovely green that the, the community workers have to keep. It's absolutely disgraceful. And it's and it's all the time. Every day you'd go down there, you'd see. Any day I go, I go out every day. That the tidy towns around here. I I just look after my own frontier. I'm retired, and I pick up the papers every day of the week, and you could get a bag of rubbish every day as well, from the church down to the, the down to the North Bridge. You could pick up a bag of rubbish every day. Uh, every day I get a, 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 a bag of rubbish. That's not, that's not dogs. That's humans. That oh, that's humans. That's humans. But these are the people that are going down. They don't care what they do. Well, well done to you. Know? you. Well done to you. Could you imagine if you weren't collecting all that rubbish every day, how much rubbish I would do, be there? I do, I do it seven days a week. Do you? I, well I, done. I, I've been doing it since I retired. I go out there and I do the flowers. 
with a lovely hedge there, the Kinrock Log sign. I, I clipped that and I clipped down there. And uh, one night I was there and that station went over, we jumped over and broke some of the flowers that I just, I just had planted. Oh, God. Uh, you say you're part of the Tidy Towns group in Kilmallock no, then? No, no. I, I, well, I, I, just in my own site here in Glenfield. I yeah. just look after the front, the, the front here in Glenfield down towards the North Bridge. And, wha- and why it. do you do it? Well, it, it, it keeps me occupied. Oh, it does. Okay. Well done. Well done. It's a great community spirit to have yeah, as I, a... I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm retired and I just, I, that's what I do. It just keeps me occupied and uh, it keeps me out. Keeps me out of the house. <laughs> Keeps you busy and active. We need more Joes in the world. We need more Joes in Kilmallock. We need, a few more, we need a few more dog burdens. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. Are people responsible owners? Pick up after your dogs, please. All right, yeah, Joe, stay yeah, safe. Thanks very much. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for joining us, Joe, in Kilmallock, one of our unsung uh, heroes. Okay, and just quickly, some of your uh, texts uh, in... Uh, this this is people re- responding to my chat with about Ukraine and my, my chat with Victoria and uh, Yana. Patricia, my heart is breaking. How any leader in this world could even think of doing what they are doing in Ukraine. This is pure madness. Sadly, Putin will not stop. He wants Ukraine. He does not care if he is to murder the people or make refugees of them. He knows he has the rest of the world in the position where they cannot physically send troops in. We're dealing with a man who is already dead on the inside. He just has no feeling bone in his body. He's a vile, inhuman bully. My prayers to all those who struggle against this mad uh, bully. And then if he takes Ukraine, he doesn't stop. I mean, that's where the comparison is made to Hitler. They believed at the time that Hitler would move in and they'd take Austria and should it stop there. And they did, and, and he didn't. And look what happened. We ended up with a, a world war. How can one idiot try to destroy the entire world, says somebody else. Mary says last night was the worst so far. This is the bombing of the shellings in the Ukraine. These peace talks don't seem to be peace talks. If we had one proper leader to put a halt to those. Remember our Castletown Bear fishermen telling the Russian government or the Russian ambassador trying to bring their military equipment to West Cork saying we don't want you here. And they moved off. These people are out to destroy what they can. I agree with Deputy Michael Collins. If the Ukrainians come here, we need to help and I would be willing to help. Could we not get some translator in Ireland to step in and translate? all the medical records for that little boy and then get a bone marrow donor straight away and praying to St Anthony that uh, somebody will step in and help and I know that's what they're working on behind the scenes they're working on getting a translator and uh, please God a bone a match there has to be a match for the bone marrow uh, transplant Mike in Bantry says Patricia is it okay to hang a Ukrainian flag out my window absolutely lots of people and I've heard lots of people are actually doing that I don't know where you purchase a Ukrainian flag you could make one though they're just it's the blue and the gold isn't it then there's a number of counties in Ireland the county colours that are the blue and the yellow the blue and the gold if you had a, a GAA flag as well it would look like it's a Ukrainian uh, flag but yeah you're absolutely uh, Mike it just shows solidarity and that you're standing with the people of Ukraine and hi this is a different Mary says hi Patricia I'm lighting a candle for Paulina that little girl you spoke about the nine year old little girl who died yesterday and her face all over the papers today and all of the other innocent children and adults who have died as a result of this war so far I woke with a very heavy heart this morning as I was thinking how many more Ukrainian citizens had spent the night in fear for their lives. 
Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for that, Mary. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I seem to be very disturbed night sleeps as well. And they're constantly on my mind thinking what would it be like for an air raid siren to go off and have to run to get to your nearest uh, bunker. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Munster Technological University. Enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full-time part-time and professional courses. Succeeding together with mtu.ie. We've got some work for anyone that has a J1 visa because summer work is available at McSweeney's Irish Pub. It's in Indian Lake, New York. It's for students who already have their J1 visa. Free board available to suitable applicants. And Dave can give you all the details by emailing baileymcsweeney1 at gmail.com. A lorry driver wanted for delivering plant machinery in the West Cork area. Sea licence is necessary, 086-8328-570. Experienced bison mechanic required for the Cork City area. Email cyclescene at gmail.com. And construction workers with a valid safe pass required for work in Cork and the surrounding areas. Call 087-9022067. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Failacorn, which is the Stillbirth and Neonatal Death Association of Ireland, is an initiative that provides help and support for bereaved families following the loss of their little baby. Noelle Murphy is from Tivoli and she's organising a virtual 5K run for Rosie. It's in memory of her little baby girl and it will raise funds for Failacon to help the future parents who Failacon will step in to help. And Noelle joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Noelle. Um, hi, Patricia. How are you? Well, I'm very well and, and thank you for taking our call. Now, I know that this initiative will run in the lead up to Rosie's first birthday, which is uh, later on this month. Do you see it very much as her birthday rather than her anniversary? Oh yeah, 100%, 100% her birthday. We kind of, we want to celebrate her birthday every year and not see it as an anniversary and try our best to kind of make it um, a somewhat kind of happy event full of full of love. Well done, well done. It's terrific. Very brave of, of, of you and, and to think of others by using it as a fundraiser for Failicon is, is just, it's heartfelt, it's terrific. Now you gave birth to uh, Rosie on the 26th of March uh, last last year. You already had a little boy, Phoenix, so yes. it wasn't your first pregnancy. Were, were you having a very normal pregnancy up to that point, Noel? Um, yeah, as, no, as normal as any woman would expect on their second pregnancy, because you always have another child to look after yeah. um, as well. But like, yeah, no, it was absolutely fine. Like tiredness, you know, um, and everything that you'd expect. And I suppose all the all the checkups and scans went went fine. Um, and the anomaly scan that we had for Rosie as well was fine. She was kind of a, you know, an active an active little baby, like. Um, so there was no kind of reason for us to be alarmed by anything. It was just when I had a checkup at 31 weeks at the doctor, then kind of, um, I suppose, everything kind of came to a halt. And did you did you see it in the doctor's eyes? Did you notice? Um, so what happened was we went, um, I just went for a routine checkup to the GP and um, 
I, like kind of at the time, she just kind of said to me that she was fine that she could only hear a very faint heartbeat, but she thought that maybe Rosie had moved because she she was murder for moving, you know, and her kicks would change a lot, like out out through my back and stuff. So she just said, "Look, I think the placenta might be in the way. Would you just go up to the hospital and um, have a scan?" So I I went up, no problem. I uh, to be honest, it's kind of one of those things where you're pure blind that anything bad was going to happen because I uh, in my, on my pregnancy with Phoenix, I got sent up to the hospital twice and like I was in a panic. But like now I was kind of relaxed, going, "Oh, everything would be fine." And and we went up. Uh, and, well, no, I went up because it was during COVID and stuff, and my husband Colin was working, and um. I was just waiting to go in and the nurse kind of had a small bit of trouble. Um, um, I don't know what the name of the instrument is. It's just where you hear the heartbeat and you, it's not like, um, it's not a scan. Mm. So she kind of, she just sent me into another cubicle to see a doctor. But like, like reassuring me, like everything seemed to be fine. So I thought it was the position she of the baby. She was just like, we'll just get a scan and we know the position a bit more. And I was just laying up, kind of just waiting for the scan. And you could just see, you know, now, like, it always takes a few minutes for any doctor to see anything with the with the ultrasound. And then, like, I kind of, after just, like, after a minute or so, I could just see it in his eyes. Like, when, I, when his eyes were looking at the screen, his eyes changed, like, as if he's really zoning in to have a look. It, it was, I, I knew it there. And then, like, I knew that he was gearing up to tell me, like, bad news, you know. Um... And, like, he did. And, you know, I suppose, like, it's a very hard thing to have to do as well. But, like, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, you forget about the, the, the doctors that have to yeah. t- t- say that. And, but I'm conscious mm-hmm. now, thinking, Noel, you're on your own in the hospital receiving this news. Um. Yeah, look, I, I probably would have been on my own anyway if it wasn't for COVID because I thought I was just going to, like, a, a doctor's checkup. you know. I suppose it didn't help that I knew that Colin couldn't come up with me anyway, even if I had called him. But I think in a way I was so relaxed about it. I, I, I thought, oh, like I rang my husband to say, can you collect our son from preschool? Because I'm, I won't get back on time, you know? So it wasn't like, uh, there wasn't a bit of worry there. But I definitely, yeah, I got the news by myself. I never forget it. One twenty-four p.m. on the wow. 24th of March. Yeah. But like, they were like, I will say now, they were amazing up there. Like they were like, they were so comforting, you know, so compassionate. Like they're like the a kind of a head. Um, one of the kind of head specialists has to come down then to to kind of have a conversation and do the scan again, kind of like to confirm things like a triple time. And they they were just lovely. They were just their their bedside manner was like fabulous. It's like there was no doctor or nurse that I met that kind of was, you know. That, that you would kind of say didn't have any personal skills, you know, or couldn't interact with people. Like, they were amazing. And, and like, the nurse, one of the nurses took my phone to call my husband because, you know, now they were saying, if, like, they didn't want anything to happen to him if he got a shock, you know, um, out on the road or anything like that. So, like, kind of, he, I'd say he probably knew when he got a phone call from a nurse that something was, was happening, you know. Because, um, you know, people give out about hospitals and people give out about our health service and all of that. But it's only when something of as tragic as your case happens that yeah. you see how blessed we are to have the staff that we have at the maternity yeah. hospital. Yeah. Oh, it's 100 percent the people like the, the nurses, doctors, everything there. Were, was, they're all amazing. You know what I mean? It's just, I suppose, the whole 
system itself that seems to be broken that needs to be fixed and improved. But the I don't, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think that I could, we could fault any person that we came in contact with while we were up in the CMH. And great kindness. It, and, and that's what yeah. else can you ask for? Yeah, uh, except yeah. kindness. So that was yeah. the, that was the twenty fourth, and then I'm yeah. conscious that Rosie's uh, birthday is the twenty sixth. So there's a there's a couple of days where you go home and prepare. Is yeah, it? yeah, so yeah, it's like I suppose we didn't have it. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what was ahead of us. So the consultant kind of um, had a conversation with us, and basically I had to take a tablet in the hospital that kind of prepares my body for them starting labour early. Um, and I had to, we had to go home for two days then. And like, I suppose, you know, it's a shock kind of, like, I'll never forget it. Like, we're, we were in a room and we knew all this was happening, you know, and you're kind of being walked and talked through stuff that kind of is a bit ahead of you. But at the same time, the doctors don't want to overwhelm you with everything, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and you're sitting at home for the two days. So, like, we, we went home that Wednesday evening and, like, um, I, I, I will never forget it because I was going around with my own clothes on and my husband's coat over me because I just I was just shaking, probably just, you know, and I was shocking everything. And, um, yeah, it was just, I suppose those two days were just utter torture, you know, absolute, like, um, never been so afraid of what lay, lay, lay ahead of us, you know, but I suppose I, I was just saying it to my husband, Colin, like, why... How like how how is this going to happen? Like how am I going to be able to give birth to a baby that has passed away? You know how how in the name of God can we do it? Like and look, thank God we have great family and friends that supported us over the days. You know, um, and, like, and and you you did you you got through it, and it's and yeah. and and I imagine as you're going through it, you're hoping they're wrong. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We kept like I. We were saying to each other like that, look, if, you know, if something happens now and, like, we went and, like, you know, had Rosie and, like, she was born and everything was fine and she was breathing and everything and and it turns out that they had made some mistake or, or something happened like that. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We kind of said to each other that, like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make a big deal, like, we wouldn't, you know now, like, we wouldn't be, like, you know, causing issues with the hospital. We would just be saying, look, you know, thanks very much, we, we have our healthy baby, you know, and, and that's fine, but... I suppose, like, in hindsight, it's, it's all when you go into protection mode because this is a thing that you would, you can't, you can't comprehend with your mind too much because it's such a, a bad, a horrific thing to have happen, absolutely. you know? Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And, and you held her after she was born? Yeah. Oh, hundred, well, we did. We, so we, like, um, we, we went in on the Friday morning and, um, they kind of had to be induced and we thought that we'd be waiting a, a long time and I was kind of very nervous about induction and everything because I was um, signed up to the Domino programme, kind of a midwife-led programme that mm. the UMH offer as well. Um, and, like, I, my kind of main concern is that how am I going to have a different birth besides the Domino birth that I wanted? And, like, to be fair, I think, like, they're obviously because the Domino midwives had my record they um, were aware that I was in and, like, the, the lady that runs the Domino Midwives in CRMH and every midwife that was on the Domino program while we were in hospital came up to us to see how we were going, how was everything, and, like, I ended up giving birth to Rosie with a Domino Midwife. So wow. that was just amazing because they're just more aligned to, like, you know, and understand kind of, you know, the way you want to go through your labour and I suppose it's, you know, it's still the same labour that you have to go through so anything that can kind of you know make that make a bit easier a bit, yeah 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 make it a bit more and and and, and you like, also you brought you brought her home you brought rosie home yeah yeah so um we were up in um we were in the hospital from the friday night until the tuesday because you can't um you actually can't take like um any baby that is a stillborn has to have um an autopsy and you're not allowed to take the we weren't allowed to take rosie home until that happened so that wouldn't happen until like Monday. So we stay. We got to stay with her in the hospital for the weekend. And like myself and Colin were there all all the time. We were able to have her christened in hospital and everything. And then on the Tuesday, we were able to bring her home um, for the night before we kind of had a ceremony for her on the Wednesday morning. But um, it was just lovely. But like all of this then as well was enabled by Failacon because as well as, like, all the memory boxes that they provide, they also provide cool costs. Like, a lot of, you, like, I would never have even known about this, you know, a lot of things you kind of just learn as you go through, but um, there's, it's just Moses baskets with kind of special, um, kind of, like, a hot water bottle connected to a cooler system, but it's a cool bottle. It's a cool water system to keep the baby cold because it's yeah. important to keep, her, to keep them cold. But, like, you know, now it was just, and Failacon fa- yeah, yeah. provides those. Cause, yeah. And I mentioned this earlier, Noel, when, when I knew you'd be coming on, because I've spoken with Failacon many times uh, on this programme. They're just such an amazing uh, organisation. And they're an organisation that many people know nothing about until a tragedy happens. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, well, we wouldn't have known much about it, really, to be honest. And then, like, we didn't even, like, they, they actually provide, like, um, hospitals as well with memory cards and cameras so that, like, you know, um, like, you know, you can, if you can have pictures down, you know, in the in the delivery suite and everything. Now, thankfully, we had, we had our phones and everything like that. But then they, like, they kind of provide you with memory boxes as well that have, like, you know, um, little blankets and then candles, little teddy bears. So that you get two little teddy bears. Um, we had one with Rosie all the time and we had a teddy bear with us. So then, like, we kind of, like, kept them separate. And then um, when it was time to say bye to Rosie, then we, we put one in with Rosie, the one that had been with us. And then we took her teddy. So, like, the little teddy that we have of her now. Is it you know, home? like, it's... Oh, it's at home with us, like you know. But like that, that touched every every part of her body. Yeah. It was rubbed against her, and like it was right next to her every night. We went to sleep until we had to say goodbye to her. So like, it's just fabulous. Do you know what I mean? It, it's priceless. They took um, they took her hand and feet prints. You know, and we did we did moles of her hands and her feet as well. And um, Felicon took them like a nurse did them with us, and Felicon then took them away. And, like, a few weeks later, delivered them at home to our house with, like, in a beautiful white frame with her name and her date of birth, you know, as well as, I think, a few days after we came home, there was a candle and everything with her name on it. Um, they just think of amazing things. Like, they have, like, as well as now all, like, um, you know, information and support they provide. Like, it's all, like, I suppose um, because it was COVID, there's all kind of leaflets in about how to get you know, pictures with your baby, mm. which is like, which is fab because you're not going to think of, you know, what, yeah, well, what pictures gr- would be nice to have as memories. Yeah, you you're, know? you're grieving. It's the last thing. They they, yeah. they do all those tiny things that now, yeah. you know, nearly, you know, as you're coming up to Rosie's first birthday, nearly a year on, you're so thankful that you have, uh, have all, and you will have all those things into the future, yeah. you know they're they're yeah. brilliant. They're just a wonderful yeah. organisation. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna remember uh, Rosie's birthday in a really special way. Tell me what you're asking people to do under the banner "Run for Rosie." Yeah. So basically, what we're doing it's it's a it's a virtual five k fun run or walk. So what we're asking people who sign up, um, it's twenty euro, and they, we we designed a "Run for Rosie" T-shirt, which unfortunately now is sold out because I never expected the amount of people that have signed up. <laughs> to sign up for the run. Um, but so basically, um, we're asking people between the 19th and the 25th of March to go out and either run the 5K or walk the 5K with by yourself, with your friends, with family, and post pictures then. Um, um, they can send them to us, or else there's um, a Run for Rosie um, Facebook page that we created. We created that a few weeks, about seven or eight weeks ago to kind of... Um, help coach people if anybody wanted to do a couch to 5k by the time her birthday came around um and then we're just we're going to try and have like prizes as well to give out you know um to people for participating in the in the run and the walk um and we're i suppose as well what what we're looking for is we're looking for spot prizes for people so at the moment we at the moment we have a few businesses that are providing us with um spot prizes we have district gym in silver springs um we have district 11 um which is a pub restaurant in glanmire and we have um the longboats pub in black rock 
um, are providing vouchers for um, for drinks and dinner for um, for couples as well for us. So people so are being far, people are being very kind. Very generous, yeah, very, yeah. Very generous, Will you yeah. do Will you do the run yourself? Oh, I will. I will well I'll probably do the run five times over. Well I said. done, well um, done. But like, yeah, I definitely do the run. Yeah. And yeah. and how are you and Colin doing on that? Good days and bad days. Um. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's it's ups and downs. Yeah. It's 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 kind of getting to new, getting to know the new us as well. You know what I mean? Because I'll never be like, never we never be the same people we were last year. Do you know what I mean? But it's 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 just about kind of um realising what we want from life as well because when we were I suppose when we spent that time in the hospital um, we had a lot of time to talk about what how we actually want our lives and you know you'd be kind of just reflecting and thinking are we living or you know are we doing the things we want to do and I think for me as well it's a lot of like you know I, I want to be out there living life so Rosie can kind of see it through my eyes you know and um yeah, I used to like you know you 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 just kind of have to go with the flow. You have to go with the the hard days and just accept that they're. Well, like somebody says to me, it's it's like hard days and harder days <laughs> because like it's not you know your my natural go to thing isn't always a smile and be happy now you know whereas I would have always been that type of person before. But it's it's there sometimes you know. Um, Listen, but like, yeah, it, it is. It's you're just, keeping yeah. her memory alive, and that's what's important. And uh, yeah. Yeah. she'd be, she's yeah. very proud, smiling down on yourself and and yeah. Colin, and of course, Big Brother Phoenix as well. Um, we wish yeah. we wish you luck with it, and and thank you for for sharing your story and, and your honesty uh, with us uh, this morning. And we just wish continue good luck to Failacon. Uh, it's one of those organisations you hope that you or no other family member will ever need them, but in case yeah. you do, they're there because you're going to do some fundraising for them. No, well, that's because yeah. it's all fundraised money. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's true, that's true. And just before we go, could I just mention that um, if anybody is listening to this, anybody, you know, small business owner, big business, if they wanted to reach out to get in touch to give it, um, donate any spot prizes or anything, um, it would be great. And as well, just a thanks to um, Burnt Pizza. Um, they have they have sponsored us as well for the Run for Rosie. They sponsored all the t-shirts, so that means that anybody who actually enters the run for Rosie, all the money goes straight to Felicon. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Good luck yeah. to you, Noel. And thanks thanks, so thanks a million for talking with us. Thanks for having me. God thanks bless. Bye bye. Noel Murphy bye. there from Tivoli. Uh, with her fundraiser for Felicon Run for Rosie we wish her uh, love and luck with it 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls you can uh, text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie listener just listening to my chat with Noelle about Felicon for stillbirth and neonatal Natal support group. Uh, the sister says, Felicom were absolutely amazing. They helped my partner and I when we lost our little son, Brian. Also, can you mention, now I lay me down to sleep. That's the portraits that they took for us. They were amazing and they've given us forever memories. That's where they send in a professional photographer into the hospital with the, the parents and the, and the baby. I've seen those photographs. They are stunning. Thank you for your text and hopefully you keep them well to 0862 103 103. Now to move on, Pat McMahon who is a nurse from Whelan in North Cork and he's founder of a charity based in northern India called Mothers for First. He's joined us many, many times on the programme. Well, he's going to mark International Women's Day with a double event 
that's going to happen International Women's Day is the 8th of March and uh, Pat joins me uh, this morning with more details good morning to you Pat Hi Patricia um, thanks for having me Well on. it's always a pleasure to speak with you am I right in thinking that Covid has stopped you making your regular trips to Varanasi Yeah we certainly haven't been out since but I think we we always set up the the project that it's kind of run by local people so um, yeah so it's running really well um, yeah and how has it coped during the pandemic? Was it was it was you know with COVID in Varanasi? I I think at the start it was really really difficult when the first wave hit. Nobody knew what to do, and the issue was getting food to people. You know, just like we were were yeah. So, um, but it's amazing the resilience of people as well, and people wanting to do the right thing. Um, uh, so yeah, so they, it is improving, but. You know, like we've seen now, the world has been turned upside down and really inside out in these past couple of years. Yeah, and it's the the poor and the vulnerable are the ones who are going to suffer the most. Tell me about your plans for International Women's Day. Well, as you know, I've been doing a series of barefoot walks. um, And uh, on International Women's Day, I'm going to do uh, one more, a repeat of what we did last year. So starting at the famine our farm and graveyard in Mealing. Uh, but this time it's going to end at the hall, Mealing Hall where I'm going to perform um, a one-man play. And the play is called 13 to 31. So, Tell me, about that, tell me about that play. Yeah, I, I suppose. And like you, were, like you were definitely not among these, but it's very difficult to attract media attention to issues of... Um, particularly global hunger. Like last week, the World Food Programme announced that they were cutting the food to 8 million people um, by half because literally they don't have the funding. They don't have... And they say in the next couple of weeks that the the the, the money will, will run out and they won't have any food to give. So these are people that are catastrophically hungry. And, um, you know, so 13 to 31 is... Try and, I suppose, tell the story in a different way. I've developed up a character. So the character is kind of like, he's a childlike character and he's saying what he sees in a childlike way. Um, and I think, you know, for me, the the, the response of people, you know, even listen to the response people on your show, Patricia, on what's happening in Ukraine, you know, it's devastating to see. It's absolutely devastating we can identify with these people. Um, and so our hearts go out. And I often think, I often see it like, you know, if there was somebody down the road, your neighbour that was hungry and hadn't been eaten for a day or days, they'd be queues of people, you know well. They'd be queues of people lined up trying to, to, to help them um, because we can identify. So I suppose we've broken down a barrier with Ukraine because we see the images and we can identify, and it's absolutely horrific. But I think we need to transcend that into the bigger picture as well. And for us, the bigger picture is like, what can we do? We, you know, we believe for people in extreme hunger, we can ensure our governments give the funding that's necessary. So that's and it's constant. it's hard. It's, it's sometimes it's hard for people to even imagine or realize. How many people in the world today are dying of hunger? Oh, it's, and and you know when 
when we know where they are and the only the, the reason that they're dying is that we can't get food aid. And the reason we can't get food aid is because Western developed countries like Ireland um, were not giving enough. Like we have a $17 billion deficit um, for food aid. So that's $17 billion of a deficit, which means, which is about half. So it means, you know, it means that, that for that for every 10 people who need food, we're only reaching five. And like 7 billion between, 17 billion between, there's 1.3 billion people in the developed world. And that equates to currently we're giving 13 euro for every man, woman and child in the developed world. And we need to go to 31. So that's, the so that's where the, the 13 to 31. All right, yeah. okay, that's that. That is clever. And you're selling tickets? Yeah, like the best way to get tickets now probably will be to con- they're locally va- available in Mealing and Newmarket. But you can contact me on uh, 089-95-93-147. But just one final, final, final thing. Yeah. I've actually set up a, a website a new website is called the right to food org, And here we try to kind of show what the pledge is because it's actually something that we want people to go online and sign. It's a petition. Um, and and so it's called the right to food org, And you'll see bits about what the play is going to be like. Um, there's some, some scenes from the rehearsal. And also, you know, what, um, what the right to food pledge is because I think this is something that we can do. You know, we very little, what can we do against bullets and bombs? I think our retort can be food. Because you'll see now, you'll see now in, in the coming weeks, food is going to be, be uh, become an issue. Um, in Ukraine. In Ukraine. Yeah. Because that's what happens, you know. So I would say that our response can be, say, let the people in extreme hunger be fed. And this is just a decision. And, you know, this is why I'm, you know, walking barefoot. This is why I'm doing these things. Why I'm trying to, you know, tell the story in a different way. Yeah, and and the fact, you know, it's quite symbolic as well that you will begin your walk at the famine graveyard outside your native village of Mwilin. You know, let us never forget that our forefathers died of hunger, they went through a famine. And that level of hunger exists now in our world. Like, there's, there's um, 46 million people actually on the brink of famine. And the only thing that's saving them is our fund, our money. Um, their, their governments have nothing. Their people have nothing. So I suppose, again, I think, you know, coming from Ireland, we genuinely can as a people, sign this pledge and say, we authorise our government to and every government to give more. Okay. All right. We wish you luck as always with this. Pat, so stay much, safe. Patricia. And uh, thank thanks you. a million. He's an incredible man. That is, he's just dedicated his life uh, to the poor in uh, India. He really is unreal. That is Pat McMahon uh, from Mwilin in North Cork. And that his website once again is, he just wants people to sign on that. Uh, if you want to sign up to it, it's the right to food pledge uh, dot uh, org. We wish him luck with his fundraiser on International Women's Day. John Paul taking your calls. Oh, 
Phone and text lines are currently closed. Your thoughts uh, coming in on the dogs. We did a piece about unrestricted dogs. These are the unrestricted, the 10 restricted breeds uh, and that some of them are not properly restricted when they're out and about. Journey from Mitchestown says, uh, Patricia, hi, I have a Staffordshire a Terrier. That's one of the dogs that's on the restricted uh, breed and I've had this Staffy with years. A most lovable dog. He's a pure pet. Never bother with him. It's the way you treat them. Thanking you, uh, Patricia. You're right, but unfortunately not everybody treats their dogs well. And we also know there's certain cross-breeding that happens, particularly dogs that come out of puppy farms that haven't been socialised properly and all kinds of problems can end up. And the, res- the dogs that are on the restricted breeds are very, very strong dogs, including your beautiful Staffy, as you say, wouldn't probably wouldn't harm a fly. But that can't be said about every other Staffordshire, unfortunately. But you're very responsible. You've looked after your dog well. And no doubt you've got it muzzled and on a lead when you're out and about. But somebody else says it's the same all over the country when you're talking about these restricted breeds going around unmuzzled. Uh, the gentleman who joined you, Joe, wasn't it, in Kilmallock who joined you about the dog fouling. He's right, that's happening everywhere. Dogs belong in big open fields, not out on our streets, says uh, that particular text. No name on that, but it isn't always possible to get all to to find fields in which to run your dogs is, is another issue. Uh, thank you for your text. And then Trish, has anybody any idea if the boil water notice has been lifted from Kil- the Kilbrin area? I, John Paul checked that yesterday. They, that was the ones in Kenturk. That boil wa- water notice when we checked in yesterday was still very much in place. I know there was a new one kicked in yesterday for Kilavolum, but the one for the Kenturk area, which includes Kilbrin, that's still in place when we checked yesterday. So we're assuming that if it was in place yesterday, it's still in place today, if we hear differently we will get back to you okay and then a number of your thoughts and comments coming in about Ukraine let me start with a WhatsApp Michael says Patricia when when Putin enters the capital of Ukraine Kiev may God protect them all it'll be Pearl Harbor revisited on land then and only then the retaliation will kick in as what happened after Pearl Harbor and Putin and the Empire will pay the price uh, thanking you, says uh, Michael, and how many lives will be lost by then? Thanks for your thoughts, uh, Michael. We mentioned the Ukrainian flag and somebody was saying, is it OK to, ha- to put out a Ukrainian uh, flag? And absolutely, yeah, lots of people are actually doing that to show solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And it's great to see it even on social media, the number of people that are putting up the Ukrainian uh, flag. Somebody says, isn't the Ukrainian flag the very same as the Tipperary flag? When I mentioned that there were tip- there were GAA colours, similar. You could put a flag a flag from... It. Somebody said there was four. Yesterday I heard this, that there was four counties that had colours similar to the Ukrainian flag. They're county colours that you could use uh, to... And put, you know, hang it up as a sign of solidarity to the Ukrainians. And somebody says, isn't the, the Ukrainian flag the same as the Tipperary flag? Well, it's the same colour wise. It's just the order of the colours are different. The U- Ukrainian flag has two equally, equally sized horizontal bands. Blue is on the top and the yellow is underneath, whereas the Tipperary flag 
has it going across rather than horizontal with the blue with the blue and the yellow or the blue and uh, the gold but there are a number of other I think somebody said there's five uh, four or five we should run a competition name the name the other counties that have blue and gold or blue and yellow as their colours but yes you certainly I know the points we made you could use a GAA flag sort of as a symbol of solidarity for the people of Ukraine Liam in Bruff says is there not a council of world leaders if Putin is involved in that what weight have the UN if they cannot stop this no point condemning when people are being killed well Liam when you talk about a council of world leaders what you're possibly talking about is the G7 and the G7 is the inter- governmental, political form of the world's largest countries. And the G7 became the G8 because Russia was part of that political forum and they joined in 1997. Obviously Putin wasn't involved at uh, the time. So the G7 then the following year became the G8 and you'll hear the G7 leaders meet up and the G8 leaders at the time uh, would meet up. But then in March of 2014, Russia was suspended indefinitely from the G8 and that was following the annexation of Crimea, Crimea being part of the Ukraine when they moved in there and took over that section of uh, the Ukraine and at that point then the political forum reverted back to the G7 from the G8 and then a couple of years later of course Putin announced uh, he's permanently withdrawing from the G8. He didn't have to permanently, they'd kicked him out uh, already but that was to do with the annexation of Crimea so he's already out of the G8 which is now the G7 so yeah if he was there maybe that they would carry some weight but I mean when he invaded Crimea nothing happened there he's still in uh, Crimea and someone else says I'm like you as well I I just can't sleep either at night since this war uh, started I really would like to help and we are in a couple of minutes going to be speaking with one of the local collections that are going on. There's so many uh, collections going on at the moment and appeals for Ukraine and they're happening right across the country. I mean, social media really is playing a role here and has almost supercharged the aid campaign of the organisers. And we here in Ireland have been advised that the best way we can help the Ukrainians is by supporting any of those appeals for humanitarian or aid. Some people like are collecting clothes and foodstuffs and medicines and sanitary products products as well as donations to charities which are working on the ground to help Ukrainian refugees, many of them flooding, as we know, into the neighbouring countries. The Red Cross, for example, they are particularly making appeals for help because they are on the ground, both in Ukraine, they're still on the ground in the Ukraine but they're also on on the ground in the neighbouring countries. And I mentioned yesterday the UNHCR for refugees, they were appealing for financial support as well. But there's been multiple appeals for funding, for medicines, for clothes, for sleeping bags and food and it's been set up. I don't think there's a part of the country that doesn't have some kind of an appeal going on for uh, Ukraine. Now many of them, many of the appeals have been set up by Irish people and obviously you know, we as a nation are just deeply upset at the scenes we're witnessing what's going on in the Ukraine. But also many of the appeals have been set up by Ukrainian nationals who are based here in Ireland have also seen Appeals being set up by Romanians, Hungarians, Polish, Moldovians, Lithuanians, Latvians, Estonians, all citizens determined. They're trying to help out their neighbouring country. But there also obviously is a real, real fear for all of 
peoples coming from all of those countries that their homeland could be next. I mean, if Russia is allowed to take over Ukraine, which is going to be the next country, they're going to take a close eye on and try and re-establish the Russian Empire. I mean, that's what seems to be in uh, Putin's uh, head. And there's been just such an incredible response that organisers are now saying they're going to have to do multiple convoys to bring the vast quantity that's been donated either to the Ukrainian uh, Poland border or to some of the other countries that are taking uh, refugees and a one appeal organiser said that the events in the Ukraine had touched a nerve with Irish people because I think we Irish people we strongly identify with those who are courageously fighting to defend their nation and their independence against overwhelming odds I mean it really is David versus Goliath and I just think we really do identify with the people of uh, Ukraine. In some cases, Polish and Romanian haulage firms are all offering their services at vastly reduced uh, rates. And many of them are bringing over deliveries and they're saying, look, fill us up on the way back and we'll, we'll, we'll transport it back over. Barely some of them even taking the cost of the fuel. People are, are really, the generosity is just huge, huge outpouring. I have had a couple, uh, and again, if anybody knows of a local collection going on, let us know. Let us know because we'll be only too glad to give a mention to it. I know Garvey's Super Value in Cove doing a collection for the people of uh, the Ukraine. Items will be collected and transported in a container to Poland next weekend to help the people and all donations are greatly received. And this coming Saturday, food and medical supplies appeal at Tesco in Yall on uh, Saturday. It is a couple are doing it. They will have a trailer outside Tesco next Saturday the 5th of March from 9am and once they get the trailer full they'll then drop the collected items to Cork for the convoy which will take it through to Poland to the people of the Ukraine. So that's happening at Tesco Yall on Saturday and the other is Garvey's Super Value in uh, Cove. As I say, if you know of any other collection going on, we'll be only too pleased to advertise it for you. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie Shambani Moore, bingo, that's on tonight at half past eight with a jackpot of €1,350. All are welcome. Bingo books for the Kildallery Home Bingo Game. They're on sale locally for this week's game with a snowball prize of €150. And Annam Cara, which is the group who support bereaved parents, are holding their next meeting tomorrow, Wednesday, 2nd of March, 7.15 in the Clayton Silver Springs Hotel. And a scrap metal collection in McCroom to fundraise for McCroom senior citizens will be held uh, tomorrow and Thursday from 10am to 3pm in McCroom March. Donations of metal, batteries, cars, etc. All welcome. No electrical items, please. Collection can be arranged by contacting Pat on 087 2192 and the Irish Sheep, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association are hosting a farmers information meeting on Thursday of this week, eight o'clock in the Parkway Hotel in Dunmanway. Everyone very welcome to attend. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Like so many people are contacting us about the situation in Ukraine, saying how can we help, what, what can we do? We've mentioned some of the local collections that are ongoing and I'm now joined by local councillor Deirdre Kelly, who joins me with details of a collection and an appeal that's happening in Dunmanway. Good afternoon to you, Deirdre. 
Good afternoon, Patricia. You can't help but be touched by what we're witnessing in, in Ukraine. No, absolutely not. Everybody's been moved by the developments in um, in Ukraine, Patricia. And I'm not sure, maybe some of your listeners um, were, were watching President um, Zelensky addressing the European Parliament earlier, and he was specifically talking about the killing of children. It's just horrific, isn't it? Well, I mentioned all of the newspapers today. A lot of them have it on their front page, this beautiful nine-year-old little girl, yes. Polina. You know, who doesn't even know what, why President Putin was in, you know, in her country and she died yesterday along with her parents. Just It's just, it's awful. And I think, I suppose, the scenes that are, that are coming across um, um, it are, are difficult for us to, to watch. So you can imagine what it's like to be experiencing it firsthand. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why what, people want you to be able to do something. Yeah. They want to be to be seen to be doing something, not seen to be doing something, but just to be able to help, to be in a position to do something. Well, I don't think I've ever seen so many, te- particularly texts coming in from people saying that feel so help- helpless. I'd love to be able to do something. Somebody is saying, I can't sleep at night. How can I help? What can I do? You know, and I think by donating to some of these appeals that are going on, it's it's a kind of it's a practical thing. You feel you're doing something. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose I started receiving calls and messages over the course of the weekend from people asking if it would be possible to organise a collection point for donations. And once I spoke to my colleagues in the Chamber of Commerce, we decided that, yes, we, we have to we have to help here. OK, so are you collecting specific items? Um, yes, we we are. We're we're hoping to concentrate on um, blankets, sleeping bags, toiletries, um, towels, sanitary products, toothpaste, brushes, um, over the counter medication and bandages, um, disposable nappies. And I can actually say now straight away that um, Super Valiant and Manway have donated um, a, a huge amount of of nappies already. Oh. Um, yes, and um, then you know perishable foods, uh, tin foods, uh, rice, pasta, teas, coffees. Okay, and uh, where your collection points? The collection point, um, D. Oiland and Manway, the manager there is Carlo Donovan, and she very kindly has made a storage room available. Um, so the first collection um, day is tomorrow from 9 until 10, and then from 3 until 5, and we'll repeat that on Friday, and if there's a demand for more dates and times, we'll add it. And have you a plan on how to get those items to the most ne- most in need? Yes, I have spoken to, I, I'm not sure you may have spoken to them previously, but there's um, a drop-off point in Demanway as well at a coffee shop called Cracked. And we're, we're going to um, piggyback on, on, on their delivery. OK, yes. so they've got some truck organised or something to get it yes. to, the, to the, the Polish border or, yes. or where, wherever. What about cash donations, Deirdre? Um, well, um, I've just received a call about an hour ago from Andrew Healy again in Super Value and he's having a coffee morning on Thursday from 9 until 1 and um, we will, uh, I think, send all of the cash donations to AD Roach. Okay, all right, that's great and, it, and it'll get out that way. That's that's yes. good because I know people, we've been telling people as well, like the Red Cross are collecting and there are, there are ways that people, because not everybody wants to go out and buy items but you, you can donate cash uh, as yes, well. Yes, absolutely and that's why Super Value will be facilitating that on, on Thursday morning also. Well done. So a, a huge reaction locally then, Deirdre? Yes, absolutely. I, I look, I, as you said yourself, I don't think anybody has been untouched by this. You know, um, I think people are t- actually watching it constantly. They just feel so helpless, as you said, and we just want to do something. And it's whatever it is about we, the Irish in, in particular, we just strongly identify with somebody who's they're just trying to stand up for themselves. Well, you know, actually, one of the members at, at our council meeting yesterday literally said it, that this was us 100 years ago. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's just the wheel turning and us in a position now to help. Okay. All right. Listen, uh, good luck with it. Um, Thank you. And thanks a million for joining us. Uh, Bye bye. All right. That's just uh, details in uh, John Manway. If you want to drop items off there, any of the items uh, that were mentioned and, you know, particularly things like the sanitary products. I saw a girl on uh, Twitter who said she went into her local uh, chemist and she decided she was going to help out on the sanitary products for females because she's just thinking, God, you know, women crossing the border and then, you know, days, sometimes days crossing, you know, trying to get from their home place, trying to get to the border, trying to get uh, to safety, carrying the bits that they've with them. You're just suddenly thinking, oh my God, have you got your periods in the middle of it and you weren't, you know, ready or prepared for it? You know, those kind of practical things we need to think about. And this particular girl on Twitter was saying she went into a chemist shop and she picked up uh, 20 boxes of tampons and she was, you know, laden with her hands carrying them up to the counter. And she said there was a guy serving and he kind of looked at her and said, God, you're buying a lot. Of and she looked at him and said, oh, I'm I'm dropping them into some appeal to go to Ukraine. And he said, oh, hang on a tick. And he went and he emptied the shelf. There was another 20 boxes on the shelf. And he said, I'll pay for these ones. And he gave her the rest of them, which I thought was great. I thought it was, it was really lovely. So there are appeals locally if you want to help out. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And on this bright, sunny Tuesday afternoon, Joe Heffernan uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And uh, today we're going to leave our thoughts uh, with Ukraine, even though our thoughts are never far from the no people of, of Ukraine. Uh, but we're now going to look at, um, we're going to do, uh, we do this every year, this stress test. And do you yeah. know something? I was looking down uh, through it and I remember I did really badly in this last year. And I remember thinking I always do quite well on this. I'm always great at controlling my stress levels and my anxiety levels. But last year when we were still waiting on, on vaccines, you know, they, they started the rollout of the vaccines, but it seemed like it was going to be forever before we could get the vaccines. And, you know, we were in a very tight lockdown this time last year. No wonder we did badly on stress tests. So we're hoping that we've all improved slightly uh, a year later. And yeah. stress tests, I think, are important as well because we've had, you know, the lifting of the majority, the rest of the restrictions yesterday. And I was out in a, in a supermarket to do some shopping uh, yesterday and the majority of people are still wearing masks. You could yeah. see that. But yeah. there is a level of anxiety for some people about the further lifting of restrictions. Absolutely. Um, you know, I intend to wear a mask in the in the uh, in the supermarket. So do um, I. So do I. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, you know, I think it's to be fair to the people working in the supermarket. I mean, I'm only in there maybe for fifteen minutes, but they're there all day. And they have different people coming, coming, coming along to the checkout. And, um, you know, I think in fairness to them, it wouldn't kill us to wear the mask while we're doing the bit of shopping and going to the checkout. And then we can throw it on the seat of the car or whatever when we uh, when we exit. And um, that that, um, uh, you know, it's a little gesture of caring. And, and it, it also, if you're in a supermarket or indeed if you're in any other shop, you don't know who 
the other customers are. You don't know if, you know, somebody could be a cancer patient, somebody could be immune compromised, somebody could have a family member at home who's immune compromised, who's very nervous of bringing COVID home. So, you know, Absolutely. and remember, yeah. we, wear, we wear masks not just to protect ourselves, we wear masks to protect others. Yeah. yeah, and uh, if a person is using public transport, a uh, son of ours now went back to Galway yesterday. Um, it's an arduous carry-on with the train because he found out the simplest way, it sounds complicated, was um, Mallow to Dublin and in Dublin across to Galway. Um, there are kind of more direct routes, but you could find yourself for the best part of an hour maybe in Port Arlington waiting for a train, so... That's the easiest way. But, I mean, uh, even just uh, stepping onto the train, he had his mask on. And, um, no, I don't think he would have it on the hallway. But when he would be um, uh, very proximate to other passengers, yeah. he would have it on. Yeah. it's OK, so we're going to do the stress test. Now, this this is yeah. where you give out a series of questions and you people literally, pen and paper, you just put a tick if you answer yes. That's it. And then and you'll if count the, the ticks is, at the no, end. No, that doesn't apply to me. Okay. Well, then you just don't believe it. Don't put it. We, we only tick the ones where we're saying, yep, yeah, that, that's uh And then that's we'll be asking, asking people to count yeah. the ticks at the end. Okay, off the we reason, go then. The reason we can do it now is there are certain things on it, like that it would have been uh, a bit daft-like to be doing it during the restrictions, like there's one... When we come to it, I regularly attend club or social activities. Yeah, we well, I mean, it. nobody could do that when we had the restrictions. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Will we, will Off we you go, yeah. Off head you go. on? Yeah. Okay, now the first one. I suppose most of us would be ticking it. I eat at least one hot, balanced meal in the day. Oh, I'm ticking that one. I get seven to eight hours of sleep four nights a week. I'd be a bit dodgy now on that one. Um, I think if I was being strict with myself, I wouldn't be taking it. Um, I give and receive affection regularly is the third one. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that can that that can consist of someone making a nice cup of tea. Um, yeah. I have the fourth one. I have at least one relative within 50, we'll say, miles on whom I can rely. I can make a phone call to some relative within 50 miles and uh, I can rely on them. Yep, I'd be taking that. My cousins in Fermoy recently and my cousin in Kildallery, um I, I burdened them with quite a lot of our uh, air ambulance CDs and I could rely on them. They'll get sold. And, you know, unfortunately, there are people who could be living next door to a relative and they've nobody to rely on. Yep. That's yep. you know that's the yep. that's the nature that's, unfortunately. That's a fact of life as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next one I'm afraid I won't be taking <laughs> it. I exercise to the point of perspiration at least twice a week. Sometimes if I'm talking to someone and we're running through these they'd say, "Well, Joe, I do exercise um uh, and I do go for a walk, but um I couldn't take it on account of to the point of perspiration." So neither could I take it. Now, the next one on the list is, I do not smoke. Now, I can take that one. Gave them up in 1985. Um, I drink fewer than five alcoholic drinks a week. I can take that one. Gave it up, what, 
48 or 9 years ago. Next one, I am the appropriate weight for my height. No. You yeah, got to be honest I, with yourself on this one, don't you? I, I have to skip it. Do you? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Ah, you get I do. <laughs> I put it. Uh? <laughs> you're being honest. And of course, the thing with the stress test is if you're lying, you're only lying to yourself. So you're only cutting yourself. You're only cutting you yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, I, did, I did the old COVID stone, you know. Um, um, it would have to stop now. Um, I got a great old graph for the couple of biscuits or the couple of sweets during the restrictions. It's um, so, it's so, listen, I did, I, I did as well. And it was about this time last year, I went to try on something. I said, oh, what's going on here? That doesn't fit. And then I slowly over the year, <laughs> as slowly as I put it on, I did, I did it in reverse last year and I've it all gone, thank God. And more. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm, I'm proud of yeah. myself. See, you, you can do it. But do okay. it, I think okay. do, I, I, I genuinely say do it slowly. Because when you do it slowly, it stays off. I hope so. It will. Uh, it will. Get out walking. Get out to the... Yeah. P- do your I, no, I do. I do. There's yeah. no way that I won't be having a nice walk this afternoon yeah, in the lovely day. sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. Good for the soul. Uh, yeah. Now, the next one. I have an income adequate to meet my basic expenses. No, I can be ticking that. Um, uh, but there'll be some people who won't be unfortunately able to take that the way things have gone yeah. and the way things are going and that we leads got, to we stress we got to fill a foil the other day I know now that's going to soon be history as well we'll be all on what is it air to water or something I don't understand the half of it but um, uh, and uh, I pulled up the other day um, to get a fill of diesel and um, wow the prices are gone through the roof mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Now the next one is I get strength from my spiritual beliefs. Now I can take that one. I I would have um I would have a, a great old faith in a higher power. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next one, I regularly attend club or social activities. I really don't know what to do with that now because that kind of thing will start happening a bit from now on. Yeah, and, well, and I, th- yeah, huh? I, I think because of that, you're okay to ticket. Cause people I think are, so. People I are think starting, I could give myself the benefit of yeah, the doubt yeah, there Yeah, and I think for others as well, you know, because I know, you know, we're announcing like the bingos are back, the social dancing is yeah. uh, back, uh, you know, the, the cinemas are open. Uh, people are starting to go out. So, you know, if you have plans, yeah. I have something happening now next Sunday that this time last year I wouldn't have been going to, but I'm going to next Sunday. So I think, yeah, I think that's one that we can yeah. take. yeah. Yeah, like I was amazed now and delighted that um, in Star Trek's um, the day of the launch of the CD, um, there was a huge turnout. And each Sunday, um, the, the, the social dancing, as you say, is on in Star Trek's and um, uh, it's being very well attended. So people are getting back out doing the things they love to do. Now, the next one is, I have a network of friends and acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few friends that I'm in regular contact with. And um, there's there's an old friend that we meet up every single Christmas and we usually have a meal. This year we said that we try and manage a coffee. We didn't get around to it. Um, but we will very shortly on account of now we're able to. So, yeah, a network of friends and acquaintances. And that's something I think people need to work at Yes. Getting back out and, and doing that. Absolutely. We need to put a few normal things back in our lives now 
um, and we need to kind of acknowledge that the main um, fear uh, can be allowed to recede. I, 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 I hope and pray that that will be the way. Um, the next one, I have one or more friends to confide in about personal matters. No, that same person there that I was referring to, um, that would be someone that I would share stuff with, and indeed there would be others too. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'd be taking that. The next one, I can speak openly about my feelings when I'm angry or worried. Yeah, I think I'd, that's fair enough. I, I'm not saying I'd be losing the head about it, although that can happen too. But, um, yeah, if I'm worried about something, I tend to have an urge to share it with someone that I trust. Okay. Um, the next one is, I have conversations with the people I live with, um, in my case, um, my wife Mary, about domestic problems, chores, money, <laughs> and daily living issues. Yeah, the chores bit has come to the fore since her operation, and not alone did I burn the dinner, but I broke the cooker. Oh. No, that's fair going, like. I mean, anyone would, would, would burn the dinner, but I broke the cooker. I dropped the thing, and the inside blast of the oven um, disintegrated. Yeah, and it, and it shatters, doesn't it? It shattered into a million, million yeah, pieces. Yeah, it does. That's, yeah. You can replace yeah. that. That's okay. Um, can, I've done it loads of times. You can replace it. We got it. We got it. And I'm lucky I didn't break it again trying ah. to put it in. But uh, it's in and it won't be. Uh, we're closing the door gently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And no, Mary, the next one is... And Mary's quickly saying, move away from the cooker, Joe. Okay, the next, yeah. the next one yeah. is... Yeah, I, I'm... I'm um, yeah. Go on, the next There's one. There's a lot of that going on already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one. I do something for fun at least once a week. Now, I do, and it isn't, you know, it isn't... Um, it isn't that I'm off to stand up uh, comedy in in the club in Cork or or in the opera house or whatever. Um, I do something for fun at least once a week. Um, it, it could be, and it is always, um, reading a good novel that I'm interested in, looking forward to taking up um, this evening, well tonight, and um, yeah, so something for fun at least once a week. Um, maybe a bit of television. It, it's nothing wonderful. It'll be a little bit better from now on mm. because we've the freedom to do something a little bit better. But uh, I'd be ticking that one. Next one then is, I am able to organize my time effectively. Well, no, yeah, I can take that one because with the kind of work that I do, um, uh, you know... Uh, to some degree, I run the diary, but to a greater degree, the diary runs me. If I'm to be such a place um, uh, at 4 p.m., well, I'm at such a place at 4 p.m., so I could definitely take that one. The next one is, I drink fewer. No, this one I have to think about. I drink fewer than three cups of tea or coffee per day. I think in fairness now, I'd have to. I'd be borderline, but I mean, I'll be hardening myself, and I'll skip that one. Yeah, I, I couldn't skip. I, I can't take that one either. I have to say, Fair I, do. I, I know. Enough. I know. I drink too much tea and coffee. But anyway, and then the final yeah. one is: I take quiet time for myself during each day. 
Now, in a way, that would kind of tag in with the one I mentioned above about reading a, a novel and things. But um, also, I try during the day, when it occurs to me, I try to take a few deep breaths. I try to sit down and just do a little bit of mindfulness. Um, it doesn't have to be a whole big organized thing. It could be it could be seven or eight minutes um, sometime in the day, but um, I do that. Um, uh, I I can take that one um, without uh, feeling okay. that I'm cheating. Okay. So how how many was there altogether? Um, no, the the full cohort I think is nineteen. Hold on a sec. One, two, three, four, five. Six, yeah, seven, 19. Eight, 9, 10, 19. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, 19. Okay, now, so my, my own count today, um, uh, my honest count would be yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Do you know I have 15? You've done I'm, well. I'm, You've done I'm well. Pleased. I, I, yeah. I got 14. And I know when I did it last year, I, I think I was I, I think I was 10. And I think one of them was a dodgy 10. It could have been it could have been a nine. So right. I've, I'm, I'm pleased with that 14. So what what's yeah. what, what's the average? What's kind of good? Well, I reckon that if you're on 10 or more, okay. you're not doing too bad at all. And um, like that would be just slightly more than half. And the other thing I would say is I put a line on the right-hand side then of ones that I didn't take to see, is that a reasonable goal to set? Um, now, some of them, I mean, there isn't much point in me uh, putting a, a line for I get seven to eight hours of sleep four nights a week. I'd love to, but I mean, it's not something that I have great control over. Um to tell you the truth, like I'm not going to make a goal of I exercise to the point of sper- perspiration, perspiration yeah. at least twice a week. Um, I'm 76 now. Huh, um, you're doing great. Um, well, what I am, I, what I am due for after the old heart bypass is I'm on the books for I think it's about a fortnight's time. I have a stress test. Oh, okay. And um, so I'll be all tubed up and and um, and you've and you've obviously done those that before, have you? I have, yeah. I have. No, I wouldn't say that I'd be breaking any records. <laughs> but um, I had to do one. I had to go for. I'd, I'd never gone for one before. I had to go for one during last year, and I'm I'm really competitive. I wanted to beat the machine. Yeah. And 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 the two girls doing it even said it isn't a competition. I said you don't know me. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and they they were saying you can stop and stop. And I said, no, is there another two minutes? Through? I said, no, no, I'll stick with it to the end. And you see, my yeah. sister had done one previously. And yeah. of course, I was almost like I was in competition with her then straight away. But that's, yeah. just, that's just a friendly family rivalry. Good luck yeah, with yeah. your stress test. All right, so your point is that any of the things that you said no to, the plan now is you try to work on those. You try and, yeah. you know. like one, one on my one now there is I am the appropriate weight for my height. You can now, work on that. Yeah, I'm that's going goal. to lose a few pounds. Cut down on the teas and the coffees is one Absolutely. that I, that, that I certainly well, could do. the buns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Leave the buns yeah. alone, and t- yeah, the cheese and the coffees and the only two about, but drop the buns. Yeah. All, all right. Okay. Listen. Thank you for that, uh, Joe, and have a lovely week. And the CDs are still selling well. The CDs are flying. Quite a few places we had to go back and replenish supplies Brilliant. because they're sold out. So that's great altogether. And um, you know, it's for such a good cause. Um, uh, hope we don't need to have the air ambulance coming any day soon to pick us up. But we might. Yeah. And, um, and we're just, just to know that we have that yeah. in our area is incredible. So you don't have, you haven't got a total yet. 
of how no, much you've raised. No, we'll, no, be, looking, we, we'll be looking forward we to that. No, we wouldn't be even near um, uh, I, I an addition, no, because um, actually, now that you say it like it occurs to me, we better have a little meeting and organise ourselves to have an end date, because otherwise we could be talking, please God, this time 12 months, and there might be, we might still be saying, ah, there's a few more to yeah, get sold. Yeah. We can't be doing that. No, you can always so. do an add-on at the end anyway. That's, exactly. That's not an issue. All yeah. right, listen, Joe, have a lovely week and get out for your walk because it's a beautiful day and enjoy. Yeah. And uh, best wishes to Mary with her recovery. And we'll talk next week. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks for that. Joe Heffernan runs a counselling practice in Boherbui. His number, if you need to contact him, is 086 8348145. That's where we leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is up next. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.